0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Woodlad Podcast. I'm James Marshall and I've got some great news for all the lads out there who love a good, clean shave. Water lad has partnered up with Straightface, which is an awesome shaving service set up by a fellow ex-Nelson College lad who got sick and tired of not having a sharp razor when he needed one. So he's done something about it and he's set up Straight Face, who deliver an awesome five-blade razor to your door on your schedule for the price of a three-blade at your supermarket. So head over to straightface.co.nz and use the offer code LADS to get 50% off your first order. That's straightface.co.nz, use the offer code LADS to get a whopping 50% off your first order. Or head over to waterlad.com and all the information is on that website as well, including the Pure Sport CBD code. But anyway, let's roll the intro. What a lad, what a lad, what an absolute lad. What a lad, what a lad, what a lad, what an absolute lad. What an absolute lad. And truer words haven't been spoken about today's guest. He's done it all too. He's won the ITEM Cup with Taranaki. He's won the Super Rugby with the Hurricanes. He's won the Pro 14 and the Champions Cup with Leinster. And he's also worn the black jersey with the New Zealand Maldives. And now he's on the biggest stage, playing for his beloved island. It is the legendary Jamison Gibson Park. Welcome, Jammo.
1: Thanks, Jammo. Thanks for having me, mate. Pleasure to be here. Mate, it's an
0: absolute honour having you on the show. I know we tried to get you on a couple of weeks ago, but you're a little bit under the pump with the
1: Six Nations.
0: <laughs> Talk to me about the Six Nations. How was that?
1: Uh, yeah, it was good, man. I really enjoyed it. Eh? My first kind of proper campaign. Um, we ended up finishing up third, which was a bit of a bummer. We would have obviously liked to go a few better, but... No, it was cool. I think probably lacking a little bit because of the no crowds thing. Yeah. You know. Six Nations is kind of synonymous with, with big loud crowds, so that was a bit of a shame to not to not have any of the fans there. But um aside from that, yeah, really good. I enjoyed it. And the fans over
0: there are next level, eh? So
1: that definitely
0: brings yeah. so much yeah. more intensity to games. There's no
1: question about that. Oh man, hundred percent. I think that's part of like that's a massive part of the challenge anyway that comes with international rugby is to all the noise that's happening around the game. Um, once it gets to the game, it's just another game of rugby, but there's so much that goes on outside of it that sometimes you can get a, get a little bit lost. So, yeah, I, we obviously missed that. Um, but, yeah, like I say, aside from that, it was, it was pretty cool.
0: But how good is it seeing you in the green jersey with Ireland? Man, it must be crazy experience playing international rugby over there, which was what you went over there for.
1: Yeah, to be honest, like, first moving here, I probably didn't ever think that I was going to play I was just kind of cruising, going about my business at Leinster, pretty happy with how things are going. Um, but then the date actually came around where I became eligible, and I was like, why not give it a decent crack, and here we are. So, yeah, man, it's been a, a crazy ride. Heck of a journey from <laughs> from my first kind of, I suppose, pro rugby experience in Taranaki to yeah. to playing International 44 Ireland. So, yeah, look, awesome kind of six months, I suppose, because I debuted in the autumn. Which game was a, a pretty awesome campaign, and um, yeah, I man, i was just grateful to be part of, it, I suppose.
0: Were there crowds back there when you back then when you debuted? Yeah. So you haven't played it no, awesome so. in front of crowd yet. Nah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: True. That's it's really
1: shit! The national anthems of <laughs> shit, like because they're normally so good. That's yeah. like a, a massive part of it, yeah. and like you can hear, lads. Flat ass down the other end, <laughs> trying, trying to belt out the national anthem. It's like, God oh, damn! You wish there was a crowd, but um... you'd be holding the tone
0: though, because you've got a hissing voice.
1: No, <laughs> 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 I can't sing the same as well, so <laughs> kind of just mumble away.
0: But how's life in Ireland treated you guys?
1: Yeah, good. Obviously, the probably the the last twelve or thirteen months has been trickier than than normal because I suppose everything that's going on and. Um, all of our family and everyone back home is living a normal life and we're kind of <laughs> we're locked down unable to even go anywhere so yeah. um, it's probably been the, it's certainly been the biggest test for us as a family being, being away from home the last yeah 12-30 kind of months but before that man it was it's awesome hey? we love it obviously kind of has its days you know being so far from home but um, the girls are suited really well and the oldest Isabella's in school and yeah, we've kind of settled really well, man, and, and enjoying life, really, so can't
0: complain. So Isabella can go to school still? So what sort of levels are the lockdown?
1: Yeah, it's it's bizarre. <laughs> We're still in lockdown, but they've sent the kids back to school, and it's just been, oh, it's tough to keep up. But yeah, um, they're on an Easter holiday break at the moment for two weeks, because they literally went back to school for two, two or three weeks before the, the Easter holidays. So I think the government was like, um, we'll send them back for a few weeks and then they have a couple of weeks off maybe settle a few of the cases but it's just like oh, I, don't I don't know, I don't know what they're trying to do man but <laughs> thankfully the the vaccine's rolling out so um, the end is near, hopefully anyway
0: <laughs> Oh fingers crossed and, and what are the lads like over in Ireland? Good value? No one said no to this question yet but it could be
2: a first
1: <laughs> Nah they are man, they're great lads eh? great crack well, I suppose it's different for me because the team that I'm in playing for Leicester, is like the fair share of them are, are private school boys so they've all come through that kind of way. Oh, yeah. Whereas, you know, like we are we are after school in <laughs> Gizzy is like, <laughs> could not be more <laughs> polar opposites, you know. So I'm, I'm kind of playing with all the guys that I kind of grew up hating or you know, <laughs> playing the games at school. So I've just become part of the cult. But like, now in fairness, there are a lot more kind of uh, country lads coming into it. Because I think there once was a time where it was like just full of private school lads. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's a few more coming from the country and and even outside of Ireland as well. So yeah, it's a bit of a mix now. It's a bit more diversity, and they love to they love to drink. You, know? <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> you fit in well. Much like Kiri's.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Have a good time when 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 the time is right. Yeah,
0: good. Well, you spoke a little bit about your childhood there, so I know you've got an interesting childhood. So take us back to what it was like for you growing up.
1: Jeez, uh, where I started I was I'm from Great Barrier Island off of, off of Auckland, yeah. kind of out past Waheke in the Haraki the Gulf. So I wasn't born there because my mum had to be flying off to, to hospital in, in Auckland. Um, but then obviously grew up there, two younger brothers and an older sister. We had a pretty kind of... What'd you say? It's a pretty remote kind of upbringing. Yeah. Um, how far is it?
0: How far away is it from Auckland?
1: It's like it depends how you go. You can fly. It's like thirty minute flight in like a wee pencil plane where you're kind of sitting next to the pilot kind yeah. of job. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've had a few dodgy flights man, going out there. Um, either that or we, during summer there's a passenger ferry that runs. It's like two hours. Otherwise, uh, there's like a car a car ferry that's four hours. Yeah. So. Yeah, you're pretty isolated in many ways.
0: How big's the island? What's on there?
1: Oh, it's massive. I've actually got no idea how long it is, but the roads are so bad it'll take you forever (laughs) to get top to bottom, you know? Yeah. But there's, like, kind of three main centres, Triphine, where I'm from, Clarice, which is a bit further up, then you go further again to, like, where there's schools in each one of those places, and kind of, like, there'll be a pub, a a dairy, (laughs) just the main (laughs) main stuff you need to survive, really. Uh, Petrol pumps. Yeah. Petrol pumps that are like fucking $5, $5 a litre. Outrageous prices. Yeah, so that was it, man. Our upbringing was like pretty chill. Went to school with like 30 kids. So obviously, yeah, pretty small. And um, But like the water was pretty big for us growing up because we obviously live on an island, so we spent a lot of time in and around the ocean doing all that kind of stuff, you know, fishing. Um surfing diving all that kind of crap and then yeah my sister came of age to go to high school and the majority of kids would go off to boarding school in Auckland but our folks wanted to keep us together for for whatever reason um so we all shifted off together down to Gisborne where we had some some family ties yeah so we ended up down there uh when I was probably 10 I think
0: true when did sports start Mm -hmm. for you what sort of sports were you into as a young fella could you play much over at Great Barrier?
1: No, nah, there was wasn't a lot going on. We had like little league every Saturday, but it was just literally go down and throw the ball around. Yeah. Yeah. It's like probably fifty fifty boys and girls just <laughs> running around having a bit of fun. So it was nothing anything serious. You would have been running a Mac. <laughs> Dominating against the birds. like No. <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty much it. Like I when I got to Gizzy I had no idea what was going on in terms of the rugby. Like yeah. I signed up for rugby but I had, like, no idea around positions, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> I remember rolling up to the first training session. I was just like, they're like, what position do you play? And I was like, oh, second five, because that was the only one that I knew. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I was listening like, I would have been, like, 30 kilos and, like, <laughs> knee-high to a grasshopper. But second five was the only position I knew. <laughs> How did you go there? <laughs> I ended up playing 10. at intermediate but um, yeah it's mad like it was we obviously like I would have watched a lot of rugby probably growing up but my old man's like massive league background kind of from South Auckland him his dad even my mum's dad they played in Urdu like way back in the day so rugby league was probably more of a thing in my household so like sitting down to watch the Warriors on a Sunday was kind of was the main thing like obviously when the All Blacks would play we would watch but um, yeah, my, my old man was more
0: into the league. And what about other sports? Because my memory of you at the Hurricanes, man, you were just good at everything. Like you were the be- <laughs> greatest mini team pickup in history. You were just good at any sport <laughs> or any activity that people would throw at you, and you just dominated. How did you? How did you get good at everything?
1: Uh, I don't know. I suppose growing up, you did a little bit of everything, eh? Like we bikes was like our mode of transport, so. We all just had bikes, and it'd be like kind of see you later to mum and dad, bike to school, and then you want to get home before dark. You know, it was yeah. just like we biked everywhere and all that kind of stuff. Then I suppose at intermediate as well, I just tried to play everything, <laughs> like literally any sport, because you you'd get a triple A at the weekends, <laughs> so you'd go for like a Thursday or Friday to like the kind of what do you call it interprovincial kind of competitions. Yeah. So I was I was, I was playing volleyball, and I was like I say I was like tiny. But I was playing volleyball, anything really, just to to get a trip away. But um, yeah, so I suppose a little bit of that as well.
0: When did you start focusing on
1: rugby? Um, intermediate, I suppose. I I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. And then I got to high school. When I was so small. Like I remember, just got that that classic yarn from so many coaches coming through the through through the age grades. But I was, I was, I was fucking tiny. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, and then I think I even gave it up for a year when I was like fifteen or sixteen. I was like, "Fuck, I'm, I'm not even gonna bother." Real, but like, yeah, surf lifesaving was massive at, at that stage as well because I started that when we went to Gizzy as well. My old man, for whatever reason, was mad on getting us into into surf lifesaving. Yeah. I don't know where really, he'd seen it, probably on the TV or something. <laughs> the um, Nutra Grain,
0: uh, what was it? The Nutra Grain yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man series. Yeah, that was probably it, man. Honestly uh because like looking back i was like um i remember the first day he even took us he took us out to to like you know nippers they do on a sunday and it's kind of like anyone can come along and they do all the beach flags all that kind of crack and we're up on the hill and I was like me and my little brother I was there and like a rashad and shorts and all the kids were like in, down there in their budgies, like their speedos you know, like looking the apart, these mad tans. And we were up in the car park and my man was like, hurry up, get down there. And I was like, I'm not going. I'm not going. So we didn't end up going, man. And we ended up like I probably delayed it for another year after that. But uh yeah, it was mad. But and then it ended up becoming pretty big. Like I've met like a few of my best mates and stuff have been through through surf life saving. Um so that was kind of going on as well, but my last year of school, I suppose, I made the first 15 and went okay, but I still didn't think I was going to play professionally. Like, I didn't really have my mind set on it. I was going to go off and do some study. Like, one of my good mates went down to Dunnes to do the P degree in Dunedin, so I, I nearly went and did that. I nearly done a, a lot of shit. I got a scholarship to go to Waikato, but... It, what ended up happening was Mike, you know, Mike Collins, yeah, from the Necky, yeah, what a legend. Great he man. he got on to yeah he got on to Kenzie who was they had a bit of a relationship was my first 15 coach, and he came all the way over to Kenzie to see me because I, I like I said at this stage I still didn't know what I was going to do, um but he made the trip over it's like a seven hour trip or whatever yeah and he drove over just to come and meet me yeah and that was where it all started like it, Obviously, very grateful to Mike because otherwise, I don't know. I don't know what I would have been doing. I could have been a scarfie down and a scarfie down and done this
0: running them up. Uh, yeah. so, how did you go from how did you go from surf lifesaving to um, the Gisborne first fifteen? Because they no one is one of the better schools in New Zealand. So, how did you go from there to there?
1: Um, no, I was always doing both, like growing up, because obviously, surf lifesaving in the summer. Oh yeah, you do a little bit over winter. Like I was, I was never. Any good at the water stuff? I was just there for the <laughs> for the beach flags running <laughs> along the sand, <laughs> like I could swim. Well, I could swim. I could save someone if they maybe needed to be saved, but yeah. uh, I wouldn't be winning any races and or anything like that. But uh, yeah, so we did like a. I suppose it was all kind of beach sprinting and all that kind of crap. But yeah, like I say, I was I was doing both all along, and yeah, just tipping away at the rugby and then trial for the first fifteen, got in, went okay made hurricane schools i think as well but yeah still like i say i was like still kind of hummed and hard if if it was what i wanted to do but yeah look, look at he's you on the track now <laughs> and, and here we are <laughs> did you make new zealand schools uh no. Nah. oh no you didn't no nah, tj was tj was the nine for um for the kang so i was i was coming off the bench like a. a oh yeah, yeah, my yeah, career, yeah, yeah. But, um, splinters in my ass sitting on the bench <laughs> behind, <laughs> behind tj <laughs> We
0: were at the Canes, like played thirteen games that year at the Canes for a total of probably fucking fifteen <laughs> minutes. <laughs> that was a big fifteen minutes. So let's be honest.
2: Closes. What was it? Closes, eh? The closes. Oh, okay.
0: closes. But I, I remember you trialing for New Zealand twenties, and I remember everyone in the Naki thinking that, or ex, sort of expecting you to make that squad. And I'm guessing you probably had high expectations of making that squad too, because you're playing pretty good footy at that stage. Um, how was that trial yeah. and how was it missing out on that?
1: Uh, yeah, it was pretty rough. Still to this day, probably, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've obviously reformed the relationship with Boydie because he, he picked me to go to the games. <laughs> oh, it's was Boydie for the games. Yeah, it was Boydie who shafted myself and uh, Lowy. Lowy was probably the biggest shaft in that, man. That was outrageous. I remember, I remember sitting in that when they named the team and it was like, what? <laughs> he was literally the best player in the building man he didn't make it in the team you're almost like like, um, like mine was a shafting but his one was at the gate but yeah it was, I was pretty gutted and I remember the, the lad they picked like he only came to the last camp oh yeah he only came to the last <laughs> camp and then picked picking him and I was like you can't be for real but yeah I was obviously pretty disappointed but I, I think probably at the same time it spurs you on a little bit yeah like I was I remember sitting in the car I was driving back to because like fuck this sucks man but they they ended up going to South Africa and losing anyway so I was like <laughs> come lucky stars I wasn't there
0: <laughs> when you were watching were you hoping they'd lose or were you actually
1: wanting them to win yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> come on Ireland it sounds like
1: a, <laughs> uh, it sounds like a thick move but like a, oh, I don't know it was just yeah one of those things um, <laughs> that you kind of look back on and you can laugh about pretty well now, but at the time it was like that's what fully got I He thought it was going to end my career, but um, yeah. but then ended up going back to the Necki that year and, and going pretty well in the in the ITM Cup. So and then ended up going to the Blues as pretty much you know straight away. So yeah, kind of worked out in the end I suppose.
0: Yeah. So how was your first year at the Necki? What year was that?
1: 2012. 2012. But I, I got there and uh, started 2011. Oh, yeah. So I was, I was just like working and um, doing like the academy stuff. I was on a massive academy contract. Remember those ones? So.
2: <laughs> yeah. 1,000. Two grand or something. <laughs> yeah. oh, <you're> <laughs> double me? Jeez. What a bad <laughs>
1: No, but I'm, yeah. I remember Mike being like... <laughs> He just gave me the contract. He was like, do you want, do you want anyone to look at us? I didn't have an agent or anything at that stage. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, don't worry about it. Just sign it and came <laughs> back to him. But I remember that year, um, so I just kind of trained. I got to go to like a few of the NACI trainings and stuff. Yeah. I never played. Um, but I remember, <laughs> do you remember Allard? The, yeah, yeah. He, he was a trainer that year. Yeah. And uh, I went into the gym one day and like, kind of like mufti Kit, like, I can't remember exactly what I was wearing, but he like went through me and I was like, Oh my God, is this actually happening? Like he, he grilled me in front of like everyone. Cause I was just wearing like random clothes. Yeah. And I felt like such an idiot, man. But, uh, he's actually, a, he's actually a lovely lady. Yeah, And he apologized and our relationship was good after that, but he, went, right. and I obviously didn't end up wearing Mufti to the gym. again. <laughs>
0: Less
2: yeah.
0: So I remember, I remember that Coops had a massive opinion of you because I remember coming up and him telling me that, "Watch out for Jamison Gibson, Pat. He'll be an All Black this kid." And he said the last person he said that to was Bowden Barrett. So he's usually pretty spot on with these guesses. So.
1: Jesus, yeah, he was awesome for me. He pretty much gave me my first opportunity to play, really. And yeah, yeah, very, very thankful to to Coops and and all he done for me. He's such a such a lovely guy, isn't he? Like he's yeah, just. Being able to keep, connect with you and your family and all that kind of stuff is, um, I think, that's unreal to having a coach. So um, yeah, I really enjoyed my time under Coops.
0: And any highlights from your Taranaki career? Obviously, 2014 was a pretty special year.
1: <laughs> yeah, what a year, man! It was class, wasn't it? Um, I was still only coming off the bench because Smiles was <laughs> Smiles was there holding it down oh. as he does. <laughs> Six weeks, six <laughs> weeks, <to remember> that <laughs>
0: what do you remember about that? Because Gus didn't give me too much about that last the other day. <laughs>
1: oh, no, I just remember you doing the, the voiceover thing. <laughs> oh, that was so good, man! Yeah, well, I think it was like it we was still had them. like
0: 12 weeks to go on the comp, and <laughs> the
2: smile yeah. up, and
0: he's like, Boys, there's only six weeks left. Everyone's like, What's he on about? <laughs> just give it everything for six weeks six weeks just fully commit to the team
1: <laughs> he's such a legend though right? nah he is a good man eh? I remember I always remember him, he said to me like, he was like probably the first one who said oh just make sure you enjoy the journey because before you know it you'll be sitting in the change room and you'll be you'll be 34 like me and man he's honestly not wrong hey like it goes so quick but uh yeah so we we're already 2014 eh yeah yeah that was Unbelievable, yeah. I only saw like the highlights come up the other day on of the Auckland semi final. Oh, true. Do you remember that? Yeah, one that of was, the greats. What a crazy game of rugby, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was obviously as far as my necky days go. That was right up there. Playing for the Shield and stuff was obviously class as well. Like awesome experiences. But like I've met a lot of great mates from my time in the necky as well. Yeah. Which I think was. Probably the coolest thing about it. Living with Swanee and Gus was was a good crack, yeah. We had a good time and played some pretty decent 40 for the most part as well.
0: You And a lot of punting went on at that flat. Holy heck. Yeah.
2: (laughs) A lot of bad punting. (laughs) Even before the games. Uh, Shit,
0: we were were pretty loose back then. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Headphones in. Yeah, looking back... (laughs) 10 minutes before kickoff.
0: Did it win, Swanner?
2: Fuck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it's crazy, isn't
0: it? Yeah, crazy times crazy. on the punt. Shit. Do you still punt? No, I've retired. Yeah, it sucks over there, eh? Yeah, like I.
1: Yeah. They punt on these donkeys jumping over over fences. Like, there's so much that can go wrong when you look at it. It's like. <laughs> How can you be back in this thing?
0: no harnesses
1: (laughs) although they say that a lot of it is a lot of it is rigged like they'll be they'll be like oh you have to you have to get on this thing it's a it's a sure thing they've been holding it back for the last two years (laughs) (laughs) committed
0: to the cause
1: yeah and then it goes out and runs like shit like so
0: oh good times and obviously you made the blues as well which part of your career which was obviously pretty big I think you played like 30 odd games for them
1: 30 games 27 losses
2: (laughs) (laughs) was it actually no I don't know exactly (laughs) no
1: I don't know it wouldn't have been far off man honestly we were so bad how was it uh, yeah uh, yeah it was good man like same with that team we had all like awesome awesome environment and everyone was enjoying the time but we just couldn't put it on the paddock Probably enjoying it a bit too much, but um, yeah, it was cool because I like had, obviously had a lot of family up in Auckland and stuff. So, I, I like starting out, I lived with my nana and I was able to get back to the barrier loads, and so that part of it was good. Um, the rugby, obviously, probably not so much, but yeah, it was good. Enjoyed my time in Auckland, I thought it would be able to move back there. It's pretty, it's pretty forlorn, eh? Mm. Yeah, like, as a city, it's just too big for me.
0: So, then what was the reason to move down to the Canes?
1: Uh, I got shafted, oh, essentially. Sure. Yeah. Like, a, yeah. yeah. Um. So what was the, yeah, 2015, end of 2015 season. I think I was like, I was starting nine and I was just about to resign, renegotiating. And uh, it all happened in the space of like a few days. I, uh, My agent got on to me and he said, oh, look, I'll, I'll push for a bit more cash over the weekend or whatever. You're not at risk. You're not playing. So I was like, yeah, sweet. And then literally John Cohen got fired over the weekend. Sure. So that was that Tana came in and he didn't want me. So you know, my contract just vanished into into thin air. It was it yeah, it was crazy. So I was like went from like we were, you know, pretty well settled in Auckland at that stage. And yeah. um I think we might have been looking to to buy a house or something. Like it was mad and um yeah, that happened. And pretty much all the squads were full up at that stage, but thankfully, um, thankfully, Body had one spot for a nine at the Canes. <laughs> he felt, yeah, he felt was bad only a wider as well. you, yeah, yeah, he must have. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for a moment. I don't know what I would have been doing. I would have been, I don't know if I've been digging holes back in Gizzy or something. Like um, yeah, it's crazy how that all kind of worked out, and it was it was shit as well. They handled it really poorly. I felt. I remember being so angry at the time when it happened not even like a phone call like it all just came back from my agent true i was like surely somebody could give me a phone call and just say look this is this is what's happened but no nah, nothing
0: that's brutal away. Eh? and you and one part of rugby that people don't really get like when people are going through contract negotiations saying like why yeah. have you left that team why are you doing that but at the end yeah, of the day yeah, yeah. it's just a business and people Look at you, you just been it, huh? absolutely shafted last minute, and that can happen sure. to anyone, no matter how many games you
1: play. Yeah. So. Like you say, it's one part of it that I think Joe blogs or the average person doesn't get to see. Like it's at some at one stage or another, you just become another number because, um, like you say, it is a business at the end of the day. Mm.
0: Crazy. And then how was it going down to the Hurricanes?
1: Yeah, good. We loved it there, eh? Patty, well, my missus loved it. She didn't want to leave. Mm. Um, she always talks about looking for it to move back. She'd like to go to Wellington. True. Too windy for me, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the box cakes. It's tough on the box cakes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Especially in the cake tin. Holy heck. But, uh, yeah, no, it was really good, eh? I actually, yeah, so this was another thing on top of that. Got shafted out of a contract, went straight back to Naki and then broke my ankle in the 1st preseason game. Yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, that was that's 20, right. Up in Ocho Honga. Yeah.
2: That How was that was to deal
1: with? Oh, it was pretty dark, I think, yeah. Like, I was, I felt I was playing good rugby, and I was, like, I was really looking forward to getting back to the NACI and playing. And, yeah, that happened. I don't know why, but I was chasing a kick for some reason, and number eight <laughs> was running back at me, and I just, like, he fully, like, dropped me, knocked me out. And I fell, just went, fell, fell badly on my ankle. And I remember, like, going down, and they came out, and they're, like, checking my knee. I was like, it's not my knee. And I I think because I got knocked out as well, I was being like a real prick. Um, But yeah, I was just like, probably pissed off that it it had happened. Um, And then I remember I was on the sideline with my foot up and one of the physios came out with his ice and I was like, no, I don't want ice. Have you got any painkillers? And Doc came back with one tram at all. (laughs) And I had to sit there for the rest of the game. (laughs) This was like 60 minutes to go. (laughs) with a broken ankle and I was like in bits and then I had to get transported back in the, in the back of Doc's car with like my foot up just on. Nice. It was so miserable, man. I remember it like, but, uh, yeah. And then, so I was pretty much, I was rehabbed all through that season and then down to the Canes preseason. I didn't train until I think probably end of January or February, but yeah, it was, it was awesome and we loved it. day. We loved our time at Wellies and obviously helped because we were winning and, um, the season went pretty well, but yeah, it was really good.
0: So you said you were signed as a wider squad member. How did mm. that all work out?
1: Um, well, Triple T was ahead of me, really. Oh yeah. When I when I signed, but then, what was probably Body still felt sorry for me, so started picking me.
0: He <laughs> started closing those games off like a pro.
1: <laughs> yeah. How
2: good
0: were you?
1: Yeah, but I actually I signed for Leinster at like Christmas as well. That was all going on so they came to me probably i can't remember was i still in the knackie maybe um yeah my agent got on to me maybe it was like start of december or something said, so, uh leinster come with an offer i was like what out of nowhere so I, I wasn't yeah i wasn't going looking or anything they just needed a nine and i think they were looking around and isa was there as well oh yeah remember yeah he, i think he i don't know if he heard no, something yeah because he he was he was at leinster and, um, he retired when he was like thirty. Yeah, everyone was like, "What's going on?" But he went back, and I was at the Blues when he came back, and he started in a mental skills role, and he was coaching us by the end of the year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a wizard, hey! Eh? I've heard he's a wizard.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, he's he's unbelievable, man. Definitely one of the best I've played with. Yeah, um, he's gone into like finance and stuff. He's I think he's doing pretty well, helping out a good of the rugby lads as well. But I'd like to think he will probably go into coaching at some stage. Mm. He's got he's got such a good forty brain, so. Uh, yeah, but who knows? He's uh, living the dream in his mansion in West Auckland.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he got you to
0: Leinster, pretty much, was it?
1: I, I think so. Yeah. So yeah, like that, like I say, they were looking for nines because I think even Ireland as well like struggling for depth at nine. Yeah, Le- Leinster got on to me and um, with an offer. So yeah, that's obviously took a bit of careful consideration, but um, ended up rolling with it, and yeah, here we are.
0: Yeah, so what would you have to weigh up? That sounds like a probably easy decision after you'd just been shafted by um, the Blues sort of having yeah. this uncertainty around contracts and stuff. So it was probably, was it sort of an easy decision in the end or were you still sort of hoping to push on for that all-black dream?
1: Uh, that probably, yeah, played into it massively, I'd say. Like you say, like it was uncertainty over over what was really happening and I was kind of playing second-fiddle to TJ at the Canes and you know, they were keen to resign me again, but... Um, I was just like, you know, how long can you keep doing this? And um, yeah. always wanted to to travel and probably get over this side of the world anyway. So um, ended up probably yeah, like you said, being a, a relatively easy decision in the end. Mm. Like it was obviously hard leaving home, all that kind of stuff. Mm. But I felt like that probably doesn't really hit you until you actually leave. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you know, like when you're leaving, it's like holy hell, this is actually happening. But <laughs> yeah, no, it's been. Awesome, I and mean, we like certainly no regrets mm. and you
0: obviously left in New Zealand on absolute fire coming off the bench and closing out one of the great finals <laughs> Hurricanes first ever finals. super title talk to me about that game and that season I guess winning
1: turnover do you remember that yeah oh, I, was, I, was, I think I was slapping you on the back
0: like <laughs> yes boy
2: <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like it was the winning turnover oh. yeah but um, I tapped I think I like tapped the ball and like kicked it into the stands. Yeah. But like by that stage, <laughs> by that stage, all the cameras had like gone to the boys, like they were, didn't even see me. They were like so focusing on like Vicky and yourself and Bodhi and all that. So I thought I was going to be like the hero tapping <laughs> putting it into the stands, but the cameras had already gone off. But yeah, that was scenes there, eh? it was unreal.
0: You were definitely the hero of the celebration, so. <laughs> You're on fire, you and Eddie Proctor. Oh, I haven't seen two guys go that hard ever.
1: Oh, um, Eddie, what <laughs> a legend!
0: Few stroke swigs in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what
1: a time! What a time that was.
0: But you and him got behind the bar at Green Man, eh? That was <laughs> just serving yeah. up all the boys anything they wanted. It was so good. <laughs>
1: It was kind of anything, anything goes at that stage, wasn't it? Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that was good crack, good week. And then I shit the thing was, we were like booked to fly. I Think maybe on the Friday. Oh, true. until <laughs> literally after the final, yeah, we were booked to leave New Zealand on like the Friday night, maybe. Yeah. I had to like sort all my stuff out, and like prize giving was on like Wednesday, so yeah. it must have been Sunday. Friday would have been too tight. Yeah, so I was like, obviously a few, maybe a few days, and then thankfully Isabella got sick so we couldn't fly on the Sunday we <laughs> postponed a couple of days so it brought me a bit of extra time to get my shit together but I think <laughs> still when we got here I was still pretty rapid. Like...
2: <laughs>
0: yeah and then what was it like arriving in Ireland?
1: Um, yeah it was crazy we were like set up in this little kind of little estate we had like a little three-bedroom apartment but it was all good we were obviously wrecked from jet lag and We had a couple of days just to ourselves, chilling. And then I went and had a look around the facilities. Kind of met everyone, watched my first training session. And I was like, (laughs) because obviously in pre-season, all the Irish lads went there because I think they might have been away on a summer tour or whatever. Yeah. So none of the Irish lads were there. This was before Stu Lancaster got there. And I watched his training session. I was like, Jesus. What have, what have I got myself into? I must have just called the boys on a bad day, but I was like, Jesus Christ. But uh, yeah, no, aside from that, it was it was good, man. Obviously, it took a while to learn, and we found a place that we actually lived into for the next three years. And, um, but yeah, no, it was good. Obviously, awesome. Awesome setup in Leicester. We are pretty well looked after, and um, certainly no complaints on that front. Mm.
0: Did you know much about them before you went over there? Did you know the powerhouse they were? Uh
1: a little bit. I think I remember seeing clips of maybe because they but they won 2009-11-12 on Europe. And right. That was like pretty big, you know. I think I might remember seeing Easter on the news. But that was more or less all the only kind of knowledge I had of them really. Like Munster's probably a bigger name in New Zealand, isn't it? Really, when you're Munster kind of yeah for whatever reason was was one of the european clubs that I didn't know about but yeah like I would, obviously once I found out that they they came with an offer I was trying to jump into the the website and find <laughs> out what was going on but uh, yeah
0: true and obviously you've had some massive successes over there you've won all sorts of silverware any anything that stands out for you
1: yeah so 2018 well, the 2017 2018 season is that was my second year uh, definitely stands out because we that was year we done the double we won Pro 14 and um, in Europe as well but the year before my first year we bailed out in both semi-finals right, yeah. so we went to um, we went down to Clermont which is probably the that's probably the best like rugby rec- occasion I've ever been a part of to go to Clermont full full stadium man yeah. you want to see this crowd yeah unbelievable yeah. I, I'll never forget a day um mm-hmm. But yeah, so we went down there and we lost in the semi-final. It was, it was tight. Um, they ended up getting beat by Saracens in the final, I think. But um, So we lost that and then we lost the Scarlets in the semi-final as well at home in the RDS and they went on to win um, the Pro 14 that year. Um, so that was like, obviously, spurred us on, I think, and ended up winning the double. So I think it made it that little bit sweeter, eh? Yeah, so that was... Unreal, man. Like the, the Leinster fans are like traveled in numbers because the final was in Bilbao in oh, Spain. True. Because they have, you know, set, it's in like a set location, yeah. Yeah. So like there's just thousands of, thousands of Leinster fans. Yeah, it was class, man. What, a, what an occasion to be a part of. And obviously, we're <laughs> lucky to get the job done against Russia And it was a pretty shit game. It was like weird and crazy. And they just went mad at the breakdown, just trying to slow everything down. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't a great spectacle to play any stretch, but um, yeah, it was unreal, unreal to be a part of. And so we won that. So the, like Europe finishes before pro 14. So we won Europe and then the following weekend we had to play Munster in the semi-final of, of the pro 14. Oh really? So how does the um, celebrations work yeah.
0: there? How do you work around <laughs> those? Oh,
1: it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I don't know how, I don't know how still to this day we did it. I didn't, I didn't play in that game Oh, uh, because of the foreigner rule. Oh, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was because there was three of us, yeah, and myself, Scott Fardy and James Lowe, but only two of us could play. So and, um, I think I yeah, I played the final of Europe. Lowe missed out. Um, and then they both played the following week against Munster. But it was like, it was weird because it felt like no one, we obviously went hard on the night, on the like the plane back. And then we'd, we'd go back to like a, to a hotel, uh, when all the families and stuff were waiting for us, so that was awesome. We had a good night. The next day, we had a parade, and um, this was the Sunday, obviously. And then uh, we're training the next day, yeah. But I think they might have just I can't remember if they delayed it at the time or whatever happened, but it was like felt like no one was gonna go for drinks or anything. But then by the end of it, I was like, Oh, we'll just go, we'll go down to the bridge. So it was kind of like really spontaneous, wasn't planned. planned, yeah. yeah. And we all got there, and then literally, like, <laughs> within the hour, <laughs> the place just – energy was just like – And, uh, yeah, so it turned into another, like, hell of a day, and then we had, like, a walkthrough and stuff the next day and like, the, in the PM, like, in yeah. the afternoon. Oh, wow. Um, so there was a few, obviously, a few hanging heads, but, like – Oh, like I said, I didn't play that game, but fair play to the lads for being able to get the job <laughs> done. Man. It was – Crazy. Oh, crazy stuff.
0: Good times. So what makes Leinster so good you reckon? How do they How do they do it? How do they keep being one of the best teams in Europe?
1: Um, the first thing probably is just like the the sense of identity. I don't think there's a team in World Rugby that has the, the amount of lads that are actually from the province. Mm. So that being the first thing like everyone they just want to play for Leinster like nobody leaves. Like it's starting to happen a little bit now because I think maybe the IRFU are if you trying to get a spread of talent because has always got just the talent just keeps rolling, now. So that's one thing. Like, they don't want to leave, they just want to stay. They like they bide their time massively, yeah, to, to play for the first team. Like, you know, in New Zealand, it's literally you go where you're given an opportunity, mm. doesn't matter if you're 18 or whatever. Someone gives you a chance to play, you're, you're probably gone, yeah. Um, but that just doesn't happen yet. Well, like I said, it's starting to happen probably a little bit more, but um, that's definitely one thing, and like the. The whole organisation is just so well run, and there's some pretty smart heads, and and they're doing the business with regards to developing the younger talent and all that kind of stuff. It is just like, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty awesome to see. It's a well-oiled machine, like you see. Think about like the Blues and the, and the struggles they've had. Yeah. Like there's no doubt they produce the same amount of talent, if not more, but they're, for whatever reason, not able to to nurture it and turn it into into um into a sustainable kind of winning winning culture I suppose. So mm. um yeah, it is pretty impressive to see like the fact that they're always well we're always there thereabouts. We've won the last four four leagues. Um we lost about uh, we lost the final of Europe in the eighteen nineteen, then lost to the Saracens, like they're our bogey team we lost to them that final and then they beat us in the quarter final last year. Yeah. Um but it, yeah, Saracen's another team that are just so good man. They're good eh. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's probably it I think that sets sits apart. And you'd have to say Stu Lancaster as well has been a pretty big uh, part of it over the last four five years. He came and got here at the same time as me actually. He's he's the man. Great coach and uh, yeah. He's has got the team firing. What's his strengths? Is
0: he good technically, tactically or whole package? What's
1: um Bigger pitcher probably is his thing. Oh, like yeah. He's he's real big on that. So he's, oh, he's an incredibly high worker, like um he's just he doesn't miss a game of rugby. He's one of those kind of lads. Oh true. Um he's read really, he's read really every book under the sun. Yeah. Um he's like real tuned into what's going on and like the the franchises that are doing really well, I suppose. Like um he's mad into the Patriots, obviously. With how successful they've been but he's all about like just building the building the culture i suppose and winning sustainably not just kind of one-offs he's he's big on building that kind of yeah longevity i suppose and and always being at or near the top
0: how good And another thing that happened to you over in leinster was your denial into south africa i want to i want to hear the <laughs> hear the story behind that what what happened there tell you about that <laughs> Yeah,
1: sources, awesome, I suppose. <laughs> I think I was uh, I think I was over um, there at
0: the time and you might we'd oh, yeah, yeah, already that's spoken right. about it yeah but tell me about that one oh
1: man what a rigmarole that was so we like we got into South Africa landed in Joburg and because you know we never needed a visa like all our super rugby trips and stuff yeah. but for whatever reason I can't remember what happened but maybe I think maybe New Zealand said to South Africa like, you need visas to come here so South Africa was like fuck you we you need visas to come in here as well. Yeah. But we didn't know about it. Yeah. Probably not my job to know about it. Like, someone should have known about it. But we didn't anyway. And Myself and Isa, I remember he got stopped. He was in the line ahead of me, and he got kind of pushed to the side. And then I got there as well, showed my passport. They're like, visa? And I was like, Because <laughs> all the Irish lads were just flying through, just at yeah. their passports and going on through. I was like, surely not. And then we got, like, kind of cast off to, like, one of those little dodgy offices. That, like you see on like border control whatever. <laughs> um, and then like, yeah, one of the managers stayed, ho- stayed back with us and like still at the stage, I was like, Oh, surely they're going to let us in. She's like, surely they're not going to send us back. <laughs> but we sat there for what felt like hours, all the lads had already left. Um, And it just ended up being like, they're like, no, there's literally nothing we can do. Like we got onto lawyers and everything. And we actually ended up getting, we actually ended up getting to the gate. And like, like we were being forced to leave the country. Like that was what it, and our manager was on the phone saying, don't get on the plane. Don't get on the plane. (laughs) And we were like, what? There's literally security guards like, you've got 10 minutes, you have to get on the plane. So myself and East, like, Ys is like the nicest guy ever. He's just like, what, what do we do? <laughs> it was actually so crazy, but look, all you could do was laugh, like honestly, because as much as we wanted to obviously play the game, I think we are playing against the Kings. Um, but yeah, we obviously ended up getting on the plane and flying all the way back. And like we got to got to France, so I think we flew Gbourg to Paris, Charles de Gaulle, and... We had a police escort waiting for us outside the plane. <laughs> Holy... Yeah, so, like, three lads with, like, <laughs> guns and shit <laughs> <laughs> waiting for us to walk off the plane. <laughs> These two dodgy brown lads being escorted through the airport. Uh, but then we, honestly, we flew back to Dublin and think we, like, got emergency visas. So we ended up going back, mate. Oh, did you? Which was probably crazy. <laughs> we ended up going back, so boys beat the Kings. And then, yeah, we... We flew straight back to Cape Town. So we we're probably in Dublin for all of, I don't know, 36, 48 hours. Wow. And then flew back down. How far and is that then, flight? Uh, I think we flew Dubai on the way back, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's like seven hours maybe, and then, I don't know, maybe another six or seven from there. <laughs> um, so like, and Easter's body was like in bits, <laughs> and it was actually crazy that we did, but to top it all off we got spanked by the cheaters and <laughs>
0: jet lag blame the jet lag yeah
1: <laughs> like we actually got our asses handed to us um, but that was our first that was our first tour to South Africa as Leinster because that was the first year they had joined. Yeah. So like there was all sorts going on that was mad like the <laughs> management didn't even know what was happening.
0: <laughs> Where's Tony Ward <laughs>
1: <even? laughs> Yeah Warding we should have got on to him, man. What legend. But, like,
0: yeah. Oh, good times. Good times playing for Leinster. Mm. But anyway, let's get to your Ireland call-up, I guess, because I know you, you became eligible, was it just before the Rugby World Cup? And I was really hoping you were yeah. going to get a late call-in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, August of 19, so in the World Cup as well, literally, no a month later, so True. I didn't have high hopes at all. Yeah. But uh yes yeah, so I was eligible in August, but yeah, it's probably yeah, full full year later that I actually made a squad. I might have went to a Christmas camp in twenty nineteen maybe. But it yeah. was literally like a, a one day job. Yeah. Um yeah, that was it. Until yeah, until the autumn.
0: How was it going into that camp? Because a lot of the guys would be Leinster guys anyway, eh? So you'd have a pretty good under yeah. you'd have a pretty good relationship with most of the boys going in there. Or is it still quite, quite yeah. a step up? Uh it
1: still was. It was still pretty daunting. Yeah. Like, Still shitting myself, like, being back at school, but um, it definitely helps having all the lads. Like there's probably, I don't know, 16 or 17 lads in there. Yeah. And they all kind of know the ropes, so um, it definitely makes it, yeah, far more seamless.
0: Yeah. And then your debut. Talk to me about your debut.
1: Yeah, it was cool, man. Um, Andy Farrell at and Fenestorm has got it like a – that's a really good environment in there. Like, he's, he's mad about people just being themselves. so that's certainly – one thing that made it easier and just, you know, it makes you feel much more comfortable. So, yeah, I came off the bench against Italy for like 20-odd minutes and even, like, same thing, there was no crowd, so I was fairly shy in, in that sense. But, um, no, apart from that, it was awesome. And uh, a few other The boys made their debuts that day as well, so, yeah, it was pretty cool. They presented our caps and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and they got, like, videos from... From all our families and stuff, because they obviously couldn't be there. So, yeah, um, yeah there was videos to go with the jersey presentation, um, which was pretty cool.
0: Special times, and you got another Kiwi boy on the wing over there, James Lowe. How how's he going?
1: Yeah, good. He's uh, he's going really well, man. Like they absolutely loving me. He's yeah. a classy individual, um, and very really good to have on your team. It had to be it <laughs> had to be coming up against him. Big wide, big, boy. big left boot. Yeah, Big boy. Big, big boy. Yeah. Now he's a fellow Nelson College.
0: Yeah. He is. You One of the great he, exports.
1: Yeah. Nelson College, what a school. <laughs> Actually, I, we toured, to, toured down there and, um, when I was at school. Did you? Because he Nelson College. Yeah.
0: True. You might have been playing. Did you play me?
1: I'm about your age. <laughs> <laughs> you might have been coaching. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think Loewy was playing actually. Oh, true. Come to think of it. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: correct Are you on the music committee over in Ireland? Because you've always been an uh, absolute guru at music <laughs> committee. Uh,
1: nah, not really. I found it hard because, like, it took me ages to kind of feel to feel out what um <laughs> what kind of tunes everyone was into. Yeah. Because I know like the the Kiwi bangers are easy. Like, especially for like, for like a drink cup or whatever, but it's much different over here because they've grown up with, you know, all these other different artists. Like a, a lot of the, a lot of tunes would, um, would work well in both, in both setups, like in terms of Ireland and New Zealand, but there's a lot of tunes that don't as well. So, um, it took me a little, a little while to, to gain a bit of confidence to, to get on there, but yeah, you're there now? I'm happy enough to jump on the tunes nowadays. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Geez, some <laughs> Not, not full sound. time. Like there's a good. There's, there's there's a good few lads that that jump on and play a few tunes, but yeah, I'd be happy enough to play to play a few tunes.
0: Mate, you and Brad Webber should tee up a um, DJ off some point. That would be <laughs> so good. Sit <laughs> each oh, till the greats.
1: <laughs> He's mad on drum and bass, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. He's just into the heavy stuff. I'll be more trying to play the. Oh,
0: the sing along. Play
1: some, play some, Yeah, play something. We all know that's my kind of. Thing. Oh. Okay, well, but anyway
0: Another thing about Ireland The media mate Was the media ever heavy on you Going into the Irish team Did you ever copy any criticism For becoming an Irish player
1: um, Probably Like to be honest I don't really I try not to <laughs> I try not to To read any of it really Yeah Because It's a pretty easy way To make yourself feel shit If you <laughs> you, know, if you want to go read A bad article or whatever Yeah So I just try to I try to try to steer clear of all of it, really, the good and the bad. Yeah. I'll do my best anyway. Um But, yeah, I'll say so, like, because it's obviously a – the rule is, has copped a lot of flack over the years, you know. Yeah. And, um It probably makes more sense now that it's five years. Personally, that would be my view on it. But, like, end of the day, r- rules are the rules, and people can have opinions, but um, yeah. whether or not they matter is another thing, <laughs> <laughs> you know.
0: So when you say you don't see it, you're, you're on social media, eh, but you just don't
1: scroll, yeah. you don't follow the um, pages yeah, like that it. have all that information? Nah, I wouldn't follow the pages that have mm. all that kind of stuff. I always found that people would, yeah.
0: t- for some reason, people would always tag me in an article <laughs> or comments where I'm getting views. Good ones or bad ones? <laughs> bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> so I end up, you end up seeing them just because you're tagged in
1: them, but <laughs>
0: you haven't had that issue? Uh
1: yeah yeah but like even then like i've yeah i've definitely had some i get like i've had a few hate mail kind of oh, over years, You know, like a private message private oh, messages, yeah but i think everyone everyone gets a bit of that like people give me shit about my beard and all this kind of <laughs> stuff i'm like oh, God, man.
0: <laughs> why are they giving me shit about the beard don't like it <laughs> <I was> like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh no they say some of oh, I had some hilarious ones man like those are obviously ones i probably do see from like social media point of view yeah it was like the big media outlets i try not to whatever whatever they're saying they're saying but yeah um yeah like social media sometimes you can't get away from it <laughs> yeah but it's actually i just find it yeah. hilarious like if someone someone goes out of their way to to give you shit. like it's i don't know mm. you can look at it whatever way you like but it's more than likely that they've got issues in their life, as opposed to you know,
0: hundred percent.
1: So that's that's kind of the way I look at it anyway. Because mm-hmm. um, some of the shit <laughs> they fight is just oh, hilarious. Yeah. But this whole, uh, I don't like you know, so much to be said about social media. There's a platform for being for a lot of good, but with um, the same token, there's so much bad as well. So you just have to be I suppose, smart around knowing your. Knowing your limits, maybe, or knowing how much you can handle. Mm. Um, Because I know a lot of people cop cop it way worse than I have. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I'd deal with it if I I was getting that real bad. But yeah. um,
0: What about the normal media outlets where, because obviously you guys were under the pump, you'd lost your first two games. Do you feel that extra pressure from the media as a a team, I guess?
1: Yeah, 100%. They like, I think the one thing is probably the standards are pretty high. So, like, like think about the All Blacks as a prime example. Yeah, when they underperform, it's like Jesus Christ, the world's ending. Mm. So probably not to that same extent, but it's the same with Irish Irish rugby. The people have high standards, so which is fair. Um, so if you don't meet them, then you're obviously open to criticism. Um, but yeah, that's that's all day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know why we do it to be honest, but. Yeah. Anyway, think about media as a media as a business model is just complete shit, isn't it? Yeah. Because all they want is clicks, because all their money comes from advertising. Yeah. So it's a flawed model, and like there always probably be space for it, but it's not my cup of tea. Anyway. But.
0: Anyway, what's the plans for Gemma over the next few years? Have you got? Are you st- how many years are you with Leinster?
1: Uh, one more season after this. Oh yeah. And what's the plans after that? So, if COVID ever finishes. I'd like to get away at some point. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Um, hopefully, get another gig here. Yeah. All going well. That'll at the end of my next. So next, yeah, in the next season, jeez, I'll be thirty. Getting old, bro. And uh, yeah, hopefully, get another few years. That'll that'll be six years of being there at the end of next at the end of the next season. Crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I'd like to hopefully pick up another couple of years and see where it takes us from there. Um, aside from that, like family wise, obviously engaged now. So,
0: Yeah, go on. You got to tell me the story about that. I know you're a big romantic. How did you, how did <laughs> no. the big proposal go down? Go on. <laughs> you know I'm not, man. <laughs> I'm
1: far from it. It was, uh, I don't know. I was always set on doing like something away during summer or whatever, but we obviously didn't have a summer. Yeah. Uh, so they ended up just being on Christmas day. It was really boring. Not, not much thought.
0: <laughs> what did you do?
1: But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> nothing.
0: Christmas day, the setting is, this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> under the Christmas
1: tree. Uh, yeah, and that was pretty soft. I, um, just wrote a note, wore well, like a, a card under the tree.
0: nice I knew it yeah, right? that was it <laughs> I knew it would be a good one
2: uh, oh, one of the great proposals no, I'm hopeless romantic mate. I'm hopeless romantic honestly
0: <laughs> oh that's good so you obviously got wedding plans in the horizon somewhere
1: oh I don't but someone does <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, it's obviously a tough one of COVID to, like, Mm-mm. put any dates on it or whatever. Um, but, yeah, see so how we go. Hopefully next year at some stage, I don't know. And then, what else is going on? Maybe maybe a couple more kids. Ooh. Maybe not a couple, maybe one. Three or four, how
2: about?
1: Yeah, see how we go. But aside from that, that's just pretty much it. Yeah, another another few years in Ireland yet, and um, see how we get on. Is a
0: rugby world cup a goal? Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah, I'd like to give like to give that a crack. Yeah, but also love to play against All Blacks. Love to play against New Zealand. There's a game. There's a game in November. Oh yeah. Which hopefully will go ahead. So True. I'd yeah, love like to be easy. part of that. Yeah. Hopefully, you know. All going well, um, yeah, see how we go. What are we next year, 2022? Mm. Yeah, geez, not far away, is it? it? Comes around quick, eh? Come around, yeah, it'll come around quick. But yeah, not, that's it really, not, nothing much
0: else going on. Have you got any plans after rugby? What's the goals there? Thought that far ahead? Punter. 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 Oh, geez, if anyone could make <laughs> money from it, it's you. <laughs> or you can pick a winner. That wouldn't last long. Um,
1: <laughs> it wouldn't be getting any tips off Maddie anyway.
0: <laughs> no, stay well clear. Maddie or Wes, Wes, Houston for that matter. Their basketball bully turned me broke. <laughs>
1: uh, no, honestly, I haven't really thought about it that much. Yeah. Um, I've got a bit of an investment going at the moment. Yeah. Um, I'm paying for all, for all Paddy's study, it's my, it's my investment. Jeez, so, to, so I hope to that. see, I <laughs> <laughs> hope to see a bit of an ROI on that investment at some stage. So, um, oh, you're a <laughs> maybe after man. kids, I could just be a stay at home dad. <laughs> dad and, um, yeah, I don't know, I'd maybe like to, maybe like to get into something to do with the ocean anyway. Yeah. Save the way. That'll be the dream. <laughs> See Spiracy.
0: Since I watched it last night. Oh <laughs> I could record. I isn't? could imagine you on that boat that's saving them. You'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need some need some uh, help. Righto, anyway, as always, we've gone to our Instagram for some questions and oh island Internationals. Jeez, I've come up trumps here. First question: Speaking of Maddie Proctor, how much have you lost on the punt?
1: <laughs> Not as much as you.
2: Anyway, boy. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I have. I have lost a lot. I've lost a lot of money, but we won't go there. Um, I've retired. Yeah, fully retired since since I got here. So I've only had a few devils in kind of Cheltenham. Yeah, but. That's the only time so, and only very little. So, um, tiger roll. You would even know tiger roll, wouldn't you? Yeah. What an nag. What an egg.
0: Another question actually yeah. on horses. Who's your favorite horse of all time? You'd have a few.
1: Oh, shit. That's a good question. Probably Winx is the first one that comes to mind. Oh, What a horse. What a, what a horse, man. Oh, my God. Um... What about the Kiwi ones? Kawi.
0: Oh, oh, oh. Good day. Wellington Cap <laughs> watching him. Oh.
1: Oh. Unbelievable. Um, who else is there? I was watching one of Chautauqua's runs the other day. Oh what a
0: out of oh, nowhere. House.
1: Yeah, unbelievable. I'd say oh. that my two non non favourite horses anyway would be the ones that I bought with Swanee. <laughs>
0: What, never made the track. <laughs>
1: no, two absolute donkeys now.
0: <laughs> oh, tough times.
1: <laughs> yeah. I thought I was gonna buy for some reason I had in my head that it was gonna be like a superstar and then we we're gonna be able to breed him and yeah it was all just gonna be unbelievable. But buy, didn't even make the racetrack now.
0: <laughs> buy into the dream to be let down that's no, tough had, to...
1: Yeah. Must have had protein belly or something. <laughs> they
0: <That'll> don't get them. <laughs> Okay, next question. Who's the most skilled halfback you've seen? Uh,
1: skilled? Jeez, time to go past Nugget, I suppose. Aaron mm. Smith. Yeah. Fair but, enough. Um, at the moment, like Dupont, is like he's a joke. Yeah. Um, but I think as far as like skills, skills wise, I have to say, probably Nugget.
0: Fair enough. Okay, does he think he's got a chance for lion selection? This would be good.
1: <laughs> nah, probably not. I wouldn't say so Bolter, anyway.
0: Bolter, go on. Maybe.
1: <laughs> Maybe a couple of injuries. Nah, I don't know. I wouldn't say so at this stage. Yeah.
0: Okay, one Northern Hemisphere teammate or opposition who you think would kill it in Super Rugby?
1: Um, I'm thinking of like semi Raj Oh yeah, comes to mind. But like he's he's kind of he's an Aussie anyway. Yeah. So maybe someone from over this way. Um, Few guys in our team anyway. Robbie Henshaw's a freak midfielder. Oh, yeah. Probably in the forwards. Jack Conan is a beast. on am number eight. Mm. Um, he'd be unbelievable. True. He's got a real kind of. He plays like a Kiwi. He's got great skills and feet. Um yes there's definitely a few that would would go well
0: get them over okay okay next question Guinness or Tui Uh, Guinness
1: oh yeah
0: fresh Guinness can't beat it eh? yeah I love it eh? oh (laughs) so much better over there than it is here
1: yeah 100% it cops some amount of heat down under doesn't it
0: yeah but it is pretty shit
1: you need to (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah fair and it, even for me good. it probably took a few mm. it took a few uh few pints before I like really started to enjoy it but you, yeah no I love
0: it do you drink that at an end of year do or is it too much too much on the belly to drink those uh,
1: nah you probably have well, like a lot of the lads would have like four or five pints and then move on to something else yeah true okay
0: <laughs> who would you want on the Waterlad podcast next That's an interesting one.
1: Oh. Jeez. Who would be the dream? What kind of circles are we talking? They could be any walk
0: of life or anywhere
1: in the world. I'd love to see you get some leagues on. Oh,
0: yeah. (laughs) Who? Go on. Maybe. You'll make it
1: happen. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know anyone. I definitely don't have any connections. Um, Someone from the storm. Oh, yeah. Pepinhausen.
0: Oh, wizard. Big week for him on Supercoach.
1: Oh, are you on it, super coach. I'm on the other fantasy. man. My team's so am.
0: bad. I bet. <laughs> 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 okay. Last question. What's the best piece of advice you've received in your career?
1: Um, Jeez, it's a tough question. Probably just take time to enjoy it. Mm. I think it's the biggest one for me. Um, It's like you said, touched on before, like it goes so quickly and before you know it, you'll be doing something else and you don't want to look back and be like, shit, maybe I should have enjoyed it a bit more or whatever. So uh, that's definitely a big one for me. Just make sure you have time to reflect and um, enjoy moments because that's a big part of why I do it is creating memories and, and having a good time along the way. So, that's yeah, it's probably it for
0: me. Great advice, and you definitely do enjoy corny, it. But... You definitely do enjoy <laughs> it. But, oh, and you make it enjoyable for the other guys around you. Were one of the one of the great teammates that I had at the Hurricanes and in the Nappy. And we had some we had some awesome times up there. And we had, I'm had some sure great you, times, didn't we? Everyone in um, Ireland will be thinking the same. I'm sure they're loving having you over there, and it's been. Awesome to see you uh, play for Ireland and get on the international stage. It's Get the real goosebumps seeing you out there um, representing your new country over there and, uh, mate, really proud of what you've done and awesome to see you achieving your goals, living your dream, and thanks for coming on the Water Lad Podcast.
1: Cheers, Trevor. Thanks for having me, mate. What a legend! You're a lad.